Welcome to the New Work Revolution podcast on NewWorkRevolution.com. Take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution. Here's your host, Brandon Allen. All right, so I want to welcome everyone to this week's installment of the New Work Revolution podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to building your leadership and your authority in your business. This is your host, Brandon Allen, and I'm really excited. I've got a guest today. I don't do a lot of guests on the show, but when I do, they're typically authors. So I am really excited to introduce Larry Wydell today. Larry has written the book, Serial Winner. Larry has been in the financial services industry for years and years, and he has been tremendously successful in that endeavor. And so I think Larry's got a lot to teach, not only myself, but our listeners about being a serial winner. So I am really excited to have Larry on the show today. So Larry, welcome. Thanks so much. Glad to be with you. All right, Larry. So give us a little bit more background on you, just so my listeners have a little bit deeper understanding of who you are. Well, I've been in uh, financial services since 1975. Before that, I built houses in the north side of Atlanta for four years, graduated from Georgia Tech, and it was easy to make the career change because the economy went down the dumper because of our incredible president, Jimmy Carter, in the oil embargo in the early 70s. And so I had to change industries because nobody, you know, they weren't sell- they weren't making any loans back then, just like recently. And so I looked around for something for a long time I could get excited about. And high anxiety, like everybody goes through who goes through that experience. You know, the one thing in life, man, you're just going to get yourself slapped around and kicked around and hit from behind and. You know, I grew up and uh, doing all the good things you're supposed to do growing up, and I didn't expect to be treated so rudely after I (laughs) graduated from Georgia Tech as only the second out of in my entire generation of either family to uh, get the uh, degree. And then I get I thought I was going to go out and have the life of Riley, but then I got into an 80 to 100 hour construction job working for a my introduction to a manic depressive personality. And then my reward for all that was to get thrown out unceremoniously at 7 a.m. on December 23, 1974. And uh, with a wife at home that didn't work and a two-year-old boy and another one that was about five months away from being born. So, you know, life life will kick you around and you you, you got to survive, man. And nobody, everybody is sympathetic for you, but you got to learn how the world works and you got to, you got to learn how to fight, fight back and use, you got to learn how to organize yourself for success. And, you know, I was like everybody else. It, those lessons didn't come easy. Absolutely. Well, you know, I, I love this. I actually wrote this down from the section where you talked about, you know, don't quit, adjust. And you said, you'll never be handed more than the opportunity to achieve. We can influence results, but we can't control them. And I, I love that concept of, it kind of speaks to what you just said, understanding that we're going to have the opportunity to achieve, but we can't always control the outcomes of what happens. So I, I love that you brought that up. So Talk to me about serial winner. What is a serial winner by your definition? You know, I wrote the book, uh, started out writing the book, 
trying to add some light and some input to help the millions of super-duper talented people out there that are wanting to do good things, but they never quite get the darn things done. And so we have a world of people almost getting things done, and we need more people that get things done. And then you look at it, another way of looking at it is why is it everybody would love to do something great with their life, a few people occasionally do it, but it's only a small percentage of those that ever repeat. But in spite of that, we all know people that seem to go through life from one success to another. And, you know, you look at them and they don't seem to be that special. They got the same 24 hours of the day as us. A lot of times they're dumber and uglier than we are. And, <laughs> you know, and you look at it and you say, what is it? What are these people? people doing? And there's answers, you know, and they just know how at the key critical points in a project, because life is projects and deadlines, you know, to get, you know, for support, get yourself prepared and to keep yourself on track, you need environment and mentors, but then you got to do something with the environment and mentors. And then it comes down to projects and deadlines. And so you got to know how to decide, how to launch, how to stay on track, how to finish it, and then how to regroup after you've made it through the finish line, take the best of it, improve, and then roll on into the next, usually even bigger opportunity you've earned the chance to go after by accomplishing the first one. So those are skills you learn. And it's a fun thing for me to be able to pass those things on to people because so many people have lots of the pieces down, but they, they're missing a few pieces. And once they, you know, high achievers, people are motivated to do things. They're fun to be around because you don't, they don't need a college education. You'll notice the book is quick, short, simple, high energy. And uh, that's because it's written for the achiever mindset. Usually they're short attention span, a little bit manic depressive, you know, get super excited uh -huh. and super depressed when things go wrong. And very short attention spans because they're, they're, you know, they're geared to do stuff. So I wrote the book for those people because they're the ones who actually going to do something with it. And, you know, I've been very pleased with the response. Yeah, that's great. So you've had success you're, you know, you, you've accomplished a lot. Why write this book? Well, it's a matter of giving back. You know, you get all those standard reasons right there. But usually, the truth of it is, I would have never done it. The last thing I ever saw myself doing was being a writer. You know, it was my worst subject in school. Not that I had a lot of great ones, but uh, <laughs> this was at the bottom of the list. And the truth of it is, I had a great life running my business pretty much remotely with minimal personal appearances and involvement, staying in touch through the phone and the FedExes and the uh, everything, the computers, and doing the way I kept, you know, I've been doing this business a long time, the way I kept myself going is to uh, have lots of fun activities like skiing and hunting and uh, golf. And so, you know, I had a nice soup, a nice mix of that in my life. And then all of a sudden, I had a, a cycling accident here in the middle of Palm Beach after playing golf all day with my nephew, who's a mini-tour golfer, and bang, zoom, my life uh, gradually, it didn't happen right away, but gra something happened internally where it's kind of like 
a car has an accident, the frame gets bent. Somehow my spine, my nervous system, all of that got screwed up. And so I've been seven years of being basically shut down. And, you know, I'm great on the phone, but when it comes to moving around and all, it just shut me down. So you get the thing is, it's kind of like a a forced early retirement, you know? And Mm -hmm. what happens is for you to be where you are right now, you've had to turn yourself into a machine of a, a guy who attacks the day, gets things done, you know, sets them up, knocks them down, moves through, accomplishes stuff. But then what happens is, if through retirement, injury, job change, or whatever, you lose your position and the uh, your environment and arena to do that in, all of a sudden, your head still is operating at that warp speed. And so that's where it was with me. You know, I'm looking at TV, and it's like, this is, you know, garbage. I got to do something. So I got to try and figure out how I can ramp up my interaction with my uh, field force, which is basically all of the United States and Canada and stay relevant, involved, and making a positive impact, I said, well, I'll try out Twitter. This was like 2009. And then like, well, I'll try Facebook. And then I, gee, let's, uh, you can't say everything in those little short things. I got a blog, and then I got a website, and then I started writing books. But the trouble there is, if you spent your life talking to people, once you make the point, you move on. You know, you don't sit there and go over and over and over. So writing, to me, was exciting when you were first getting the ideas down. But after that, it became like chewing your food three or four or five times. So I, I think I wrote like two million words and I had about 40 books blocked out, you know, where I thought, you know, if I got about halfway done, but I had to bring in a ghostwriter. And of course she took it all and threw it all out and we started over. And that's where the book came from. Nice. I like that. Well, I mean, look, it's, you've got, all that energy that, that you can pour into sharing your knowledge. And, and I got a ton out of going through the book and, and reading it. And I work with a lot of successful business owners in a lot of different disciplines. And so I, I know there's a ton that people can get from this and you sharing your knowledge. And I do like, I, I agree, it's really quick, impactful, to the point, inspiring to really help people move forward. So what I like about it too, Larry, and and talk to us about this. I mean, I think there's a real misconception for people that I I think where people get stuck is they, they feel like because they're doing something that is worthwhile, something that is beneficial, it's always surprising to someone when they confront opposition to what they're doing. Even though what they're doing is good, there's always going to be that oppositional force. And I I love that you talked about that in your book. I mean, talk about why running into those barriers is such a part of the winning process. Well, you know, you put your finger right on the whole problem with most of the stuff that's written out there today. High achievers like me and you really usually don't have time to really slow down and do a lot of writing. You know, we're busy doing. So down through the years, most of the books that go out are from interviewers, you know, from Dale Carnegie to uh, Napoleon Hill, John Maxwell, Tony Robbins. You know, they start off and they brag about, you know, I interviewed 50 people, 100 of the top people, millionaires. But, you know, the trouble with that, Brandon, is is you get the formula, you get it after it's over, you get the formula, there's never a formula, you can never remember everything you did, you get the basic things in there, and then you say, okay, I'm going to get the formula he used, and then life throws you a curveball, because life is too complicated to 
you know, like the way you raise your kids, the way you get your kids to do the homework at this year is not the same way you got your kids to do the homework, you know, a year or two earlier when they were at a different age and they were at different subjects and they had different after school activities and demands on their time. You know, so life is adjustments and things are going to go wrong because are going to go wrong according to your preconceived, pretty formulaic plan that you laid down that you copied from some, you know, well-meaning but, you know, misleading guru. And, and, you know, the thing that's, I thought I could make a contribution here is because I've actually lived the life, you know, and I've actually had to, this is what I've been talking to people about for morning, noon, and night all over the country at different levels for uh, 40 years. And I had to figure it out myself. And fortunately, I had people around me that I could ask that had personal interest in me who who were high achievers, but very few people have that. So I thought that I could kind of take the mystery out of it. And uh, people are looking for that kind of thing because ultimately, you you got to figure out how to run your life. The problem is you why this is so important. Things are going to ha- as you start to pick up the tempo in your life, you you got decisions to make. And you don't have time to, you know, 15 times a day to run around the corner and dial up, you know, your online mentor or something and type in a detailed 40-point thing of the pros and cons of this one decision. I mean, you know, by that time, you would you need to make about, you know, you got to call a shot and another thing's going to come up. So you've got to know how to – you've got to understand these things. You've got to be able to get to the quick – to the bottom line of, you know, what, what what are my options? You know, this way, that way, how am I going to respond? And then once you get that clear, you get very good at it. And that's how some people are, they, you know, you have, they say, uh, you know, if you want something done, go to people who are already the busiest because they just know how to get stuff done because they, they've learned how to be efficient and they've done it over and over and over and they just do it naturally. And you could take, I'll promise you, you could take someone coming up in your business and you could have them follow you around for a day. And at the end of the day, they would say, oh, Lord, I mean, it's amazing how much you get done. It's uh, staggering. And you're saying, God, I just went and I just did my day. you know. But the thing is, you have evolved into somebody who just moves through things in your arena. And that's how the high achievers evolve. And the quicker you can get that cycle down, the quicker you become efficient. Because let me give you an example. One percent improvement a day. Seems like nothing. The difference between 90, even let's just say you're maxing out, 98%, 98%. But if you can get to where you go to 99%, that one extra percent added up over a week, a month, a year is staggering. And so that's why it's so important to get these key things down and have them clear in your head so you're not wasting those fractions of a second and you're not letting, you know, we get challenged all the time with weird crap that we didn't know we we're going to have to deal with. I just had one this week, and it was like, geez. You know, they can, if you don't know how to deal with it, it can destroy you. And so the book is designed to help people learn how to self, you know, how to look at these things, know where the choices are, manage themselves, stay on track, you know, and as a result, you know, when you know the most profitable way to respond automatically your self-discipline comes in, not necessarily because you want to, but because, you know, you're always going to decide on the most profitable, you know, more than likely, the most of the time you're going to do the thing that's going to give you the biggest results. And the quicker you can realize what that is in any given situation, you could call your shot and move on. So 
anyway, that's kind of the thinking behind it. Well, that's great. I really like that, Larry. I mean, you're really speaking our language on this particular podcast is people who, who have listened to my show for, for years and years now can attest to, I always say that you don't have to take a quantum leap to get a quantum result. It really is a matter of those series of small steps that when you just commit to that small improvement every day, that big results start to show up in your life. So I love that you're talking about that because we talk about that a ton on this podcast. So that's great. So let's talk about just I want to go through, you've got the five actions of serial winners. You've got serial winners don't hesitate. They decide this is the cycle of winning. They don't just do it. They overdo it. They don't quit. They adjust. They don't just start. They finish. They don't settle. They keep improving. So those are your five you know, actions that you know, are in the cycle of winning. Out of those five, Larry, which one do you feel like is the most challenging for people to work with them? I think with different people, it's different things, but where for most people, I would guess it's number one, because most people are not high achievers, so they haven't gone through the cycle a whole lot, and I think most people are stuck on go, you know, because it's the whole thing of inertia, you know, uh, the biggest thing is getting started, you've got to over, you know, a body at rest tends to stay at rest type thing. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the, <laughs> I'm sure the physics of this is wrong, but like when I heard, I heard this early in my career that a, a locomotive at rest takes 2,000 pounds of pressure to move it an inch, and then 2,000 pounds of pressure will move it a mile. And so the idea of it's right, you know, I don't know if the, the physics of it is right, but the thing is that right from the beginning, people who are hesitant, who've never done big things, who've always been locked into a life of doing the same thing over and over and haven't learned how to reach out and explore, I think that's probably the biggest thing is like, make a decision, go for something, try it, get the, get the wheels turning, you know, because the great thing that'll find out is, you know, your body gets energized when you're moving forward. I had my sister call me last night and said, uh, you know, she got an offer to go over to Italy with some group of people and they were going to do some kind of volunteer work or something. And she was asking, you know, did I think it was a great, it was an idea. Should she do it? And I went through all the pros and cons and basically was just don't go over there with a bunch of young kids. You got to keep up with, you know, but, <laughs> but uh, she's going over with adults. It's going to be a choir. They're going to primarily be singing. And I just thought to myself, what an incredible thing. I've been trying to get her to break out of her shell, spending all of her time with her family, her kids, and her grandkids. And this could just be exhilarating for her. And I know she's going to come back energized. But that's where I think most people are. They just don't get going because it takes a certain amount of courage. It's always easier to hesitate, to postpone, and make a decision. Uh, what people don't realize is, when you neglect to make a decision to do something, that's a decision. You're deciding through neglect that you're not going to do it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's so powerful, just getting yourself out of the gate and, and moving forward. Now, I'm going to ask you a question, and it's not specifically related to the book, but it is relevant to your story. Now, you started in a background in construction. You moved into financial services sales, and you went through that process. And I'm bringing this up because I have a lot of business owners who their number one struggle or the number one lie that they tell themselves is I'm not a salesperson and I'm just, 
I'm not good at sales, even though their whole livelihood depends on their ability to sell and get their product or service in front of the marketplace. So how did you go from a background in construction to a life of sales and not just surviving in sales, but thriving in that environment? What was your process? Well, first of all, you know, you got to educate yourself. And uh, I was hungry to learn because I knew, you know, I, I said, when I started, I said, I had to get into sales because I knew that's where the money was. You know, most of the, uh, I think like 80% of the people that are making above average incomes are in sa- sales of some kind of a way or another, unless you're a professional, uh, some kind of doctor, lawyer, Indian chief type thing, you know. But the working people out there that make big money are usually in sales. And so I said, I got to figure this out. You know, I saw people were doing it. It didn't seem to be that hard. Yet, to me, it was like a mystery. You know, I'd look at them like they're doing magic tricks. And I thought, boy, if I could figure this out. But you know what it is? I had a wrong idea. I don't, you know, at this date, I don't really think anybody, I don't think you can sell, I can sell. I don't, I don't think you can talk an atheist into becoming a Christian. A Christian, you know, I know you can't talk a Christian into becoming an atheist. But I don't think you can talk a Democrat into becoming a Republican or vice versa. I think what you can do is put the facts in front of people. You can throw disturbing information out to them about their situation. Really, sales is they're at point A. You want to get them to point B, and then it's ABC. They're at point A. You want to disturb them about being at point A. You want to get them to take a look at point B and realize B is really where they want to be. It's not that you're going to sell them on going B to B, but B is where they'd really rather be. They just haven't really thought about it. They'd really have this product. They didn't know they could afford it. They didn't know it was possible. They'd rather have this job. They'd rather have it live in this part of the town. They'd rather have the kids go into this school, whatever it is. You know, they're at point A. And you've got to, you know, purpose of presentation is disturb, and you want to get them to look at point B, and just to see that. And if they get excited about what you're telling them about point B, now the only thing left is for you to convince them you're the you're C, you're the best one to take them from point A to point B. But I don't think if you talk to someone and you try and disturb them about where they live and what they're doing with their life and this, that, and the other, and they say, you're crazy. I love it here. You know, I love what I'm doing. I'm making plenty of money. You know, I like this. It's very fulfilling. Well, you're not going to sell them on anything. I said, I don't know that you can sell. I think you can, you can confront them. You can give them, you can show them options. And I think the best, most solid, I know you can twist people's arms and manipulate them in, but, you know, then they drop, you know, then they get call and get their money back to the next day. So I think long-term relationships is meeting the need that's already there. Sometimes they're aware of it. Sometimes they're not. But I, don't, I always thought sales is some kind of magic trick that you got them to get something they didn't want or need. And, you know, somehow you tricked them. But that's not it. It's basically showing them something better getting them something that they're really, they really like better than what they've got now and letting them know it's available to them and then helping them go through that transition. You know, get more for your money, better quality of life or something like that. And so, you know, that's what I realized over time. And there are presentations to do that. I mean, you got to be a pro at doing it. You have to learn how to overcome objections. But at the basic thing is you're helping them get where they really want to go. Yeah. 
I like that. I like that. Just kind of recontextualizing what it really means to sell and, and doing that effectively. I like that. Yeah. Great. Okay. So key takeaways from your book. If, if for anyone who's, you know, who's going to go and pick this book up and read it and, and they're going to engage in serial winner, what are some of the key points that, that a, a reader, that high achiever or that person who's really looking to flip that switch into high achievement, what are, what are some of the key takeaways that you feel like they're going to get from reading your book? Well, first of all, the clock is ticking. We're not here forever. The second thing is you got to get your butt in geared and get yourself doing something you're excited about doing, or you're never going to amount to nothing. You can't be great doing something you're not excited about. And so if you want to do something great, but you can't really enjoy your life being a half-butt at everything. You know, you're going through the motions and just being neutral and calm and quiet and, and shuffling paper. I mean, you, you're, that's not fulfilling. You can survive, but that, that's not what you want to do. You want to be engaged. You want to have something. You want to go after the things you want to go after. And so you've got to ask yourself, what do I think about? You know, what, what do I think about when I get up in the morning? You know, what I think about, what do I notice when I go to the mall or I go watch TV or I, I talk to other people? What conversations, what subjects do I perk up when I hear? And, you know, from the time I was a kid or whatever, what are the things I got most excited about? There's a reason you're responding like that. You know, you've got cells inside your body that's saying, go for it, go for it. This is the direction. And, you know, when you get it sometimes you got to go through 40 different steps to find work your way over to you know finding that slot and sometimes it takes a matter of weeks months years of you know positioning yourself and moving forward just like moving from the uh rings of a bullseye first time you throw the dart you don't get the bullseye necessarily but once you get on the board you can move it closer in and eventually you're going to get there and it's uh the other takeaway is you it's not that you deserve anything or the, the takeaway is you're supposed to win. You're supposed to be doing what, what's inside your heart to do because that's probably where your talents, your potential lies. And so don't let yourself click away either through lack of fear or misconceptions and be over here doing something that you're not thrilled about in a place with people you're not thrilled about. Where, you know, just going through the motions, you know, get, have the guts to go for the things that turn you on and go for them again and again to spend your life that way. And uh, that's where you can make a contribution. And that's where you can not only make the most possible money, but you can have the most professional satisfaction of I'm making my life count. You know, I'm doing something that I know is important. So those are the takeaways. It's not only that every who can be a serial winner. I get that asked a lot. It's like. You, you should be a serial, you can be a serial winner. Everybody's supposed to be a serial winner in doing what they were put on the planet to do and what they get excited about doing. And so that's what I would say. You know, it's time to live an energized life, not a victim life. And stand up for yourself. Get going. Do some things you're proud of. I love it. I love it. Well, that, that's the thing is I think if, if you want to be a serial winner, You'll find a way to be a serial winner. But if you're not a serial winner, it's only because you don't want to be. So I love that. I love that energy. I love that point. That's great. So, Larry, where can people get the book? 
Where can people get more information about what you're doing and what you're up to? Tell my listeners how they can learn more and, and get a copy of your book. Okay. You can get it, of course, at all the standard outlets, Amazon and uh, Barnes and & Noble. And if you do, those of you all that already have the book, I just want to say I appreciate the uh, reviews and all. I've, we're, we're really moving up fast to the reviews of the all-time uh, books in my category. And by the way, I wanted to let you know, I'm sure it hadn't got out yet, but we just heard this last night. I'm very excited. We are the Axiom uh, Award winner, number one in a category of uh, success, motivation, and coaching for all of 2000, the last year. And it's kind of a, I thought it was a big deal. And that's awesome. To finish number one, you know, there's like 1.3 million books written last year. So it's nice to uh, get some recognition. But, you know, there's a lot of people hungry for answers. And it's, uh, you can get the book on Amazon or. I've got my websites, you know, I'm on Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff, but I've got a website called Widell on Winning, W-E-I-D-E-L, onwinning.com. You can also get the book there, but uh, you can get on our mailing list, you can get updates, we get regular blog posts going out there, I've got videos on YouTube, so uh, a lot of great material for people who are hungry to uh, get answers and move up. Awesome. That's really great. Everyone listening Go get the book, Serial Winner. I promise you it will be the shot in the arm that you need to either keep going or get started in your success journey. And I know for everyone who's listening to the New Work Revolution podcast, that's important to you. Also, if you go to newworkrevolution.com, I will have some show notes about this interview. And I'll put all the links to get a hold of Larry and check out what he's doing in there as well. So, Larry, I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be uh, a guest on our show today. My pleasure, and I wish you the best with your uh, program. All right. Well, thank you, Larry. I appreciate it. And for the New Work Revolution podcast here on NewWorkRevolution.com, this is Brandon Allen. I'm signing off. We'll talk with you soon. Thanks for listening to the New Work Revolution podcast on NewWorkRevolution.com. Until next time, take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution.